This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The world isn't wide enough. Get immersed in the expansive views of the 48-inch customizable panoramic display in the all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid. Explore more at Lincoln.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates. Footballers DFS podcast with your hosts Kyle Borgannoni and Matthew Betts. Welcome in Tuesday, October 11th, here on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I'm your host Kyle Borgannoni, and I am joined, as always, by Matthew. You're a turd, Betts. <laughs> Dude, I'm gone for one week. Come back on the show. I'm extremely excited to be here, and I get called a turd the second the show starts. I can't imagine what this is about. Um, I'm very excited to hear you tell our listeners why you think that's the case. Okay, you missing a week, I will say, it was tough from just a friendship from for everyone. show. For everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it was tough. We had, some, uh, we had some ringers come in, and they did great. But it's not the same without you. You, you basically, you've done the gamut of being sick, kind of coming back, and then getting basically fired yesterday where people were seriously considering the fact that the Borgen bets were done. <laughs> that was, that was unreal how many people were like, wait, I can't really tell. Are you actually fired? And if anyone knows anything about Andy, Mike and Jason, they should hopefully have known that um, I am still employed. And even if they do fire me, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere, Kyle. So they can fire me every day for the rest of the season. I will show up for this podcast every single week. So if you're fired, you're still going to be playing DFS. You're still going to be giving DFS advice. But, yeah, we need you. We need you right now because we're in the thick of things. We're heading into week six. On this episode, we will talk about the state of the main state, our salary standouts. We'll kind of discuss some cash strategy. I had so many questions after a crazy week where, man, the, the cash line was higher than we've ever seen it. So we'll get to discuss that. But before we get into our review and the slate, I want to bring to attention a story that, you know, that came to me through a DM I shared in our company channel and more than anything else, it's heartwarming. I mean, that's what people need before I duke it out with you. Cause I have some, I have some things I want to throw down in this episode with you. Uh, not, <laughs> not too happy with you, Matthew. I'm excited about this. I'm excited. <laughs> but let's talk about this story. Uh, every week you and I get DMS from people that, our subscribers to DFS pass. And if you're one of those people right now, you're like, Oh, another story trying to pitch. Like this is somebody that I think is playing DFS. They've been playing for a while and they had a really big win. I thought I would share it with you guys, but uh, I had a listener said that basically 99% I'm quoting them of my fantasy and DFS knowledge is attributed to y'all. That's either a really good thing or some weeks it's a bad thing, but 
They've been a listener and a subscriber since when Mike hosted the show. And the week before, they took their son to a game and they won $1,700 in DFS. They said it was the biggest win they've ever had. It was amazing. Fast forward to this past week. They won 50K. 50 Gs, bets. Ooh, baby. Playing DFS. And what they're going to do with the money is pl- uh, give it all to us. Just that's what they wanted. <laughs> please. Yes, please. No, they said they wanted to take uh, their father and their son to D.C. and watch the Packers. They're Packers fans. And they actually said that they are uh, shareholders, which, you know, Packers kind of have a unique thing with their fan base and get to go to a game against the Packers and Commanders. And they said, you know what? I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to buy the dream seats right behind the bench. So congratulations to a big win. And I won't say that our DFS pass is perfect. Neither are Betts and I. Last week in cash, we were basically perfect. But, yeah, I, I love hearing these stories of people that with their winnings, they get to do stuff with their family. Um, so it's it's a good feeling, right? Oh, it's awesome. It, you know, like we come the show, we come on here, we joke around, we give hopefully good advice. But the best part about this, or at least what I think is what we do, is hearing these stories from you guys of like how this is affecting, hopefully in a positive way, your life and being able to do these experiences and winning and all that sort of stuff um, really does go beyond just the game. So I love this. I love these stories. And if you have more of them to share with us, obviously we're all ears. We love it. So congratulations to this winner. Hopefully it is a great game when you go uh, and the seats are worth it. So congratulations. You can get all of our content at DFSPass.com if you use the promo code DFSPod. You can save 10%. And we would say that it pays for itself very quickly, especially if you're learning how to play cash lineups the right way. But let's talk about this cash. Straight cash, homie. Week five will go down as the week that was set ablaze just all flames everywhere for almost every single person i was quite fortunate i ran extremely hot to the point where i entered my lineup i always tell people enter your cash lineup like in a couple of small fields or single entries just for the heck of it i mean i placed a hundredth in a large field twenty-five thousand person tournament with my cash lineup it was that good of a week but uh, let's talk about some of those plays that you and i felt comfortable with and they came through yeah, I mean, the biggest thing was just the storyline of Sunday morning getting the uh, Khalil Shakir play to open up, which I know you and Mike had talked about on the show of like, hey, we're interested, but you can't go there yet. We got to wait and see what happens with McKenzie. And we saw the late news Sunday morning. McKenzie did not clear concussion protocol, and that changed everything from a uh, roster build perspective, from a projected plays perspective, because entering Sunday morning, 9 a.m., I had a Tom Brady team in there and I was like, you know what? This feels right. You have the balance builds. There was so much strength in like the six K range, the five K range that if you were building stars and scrubs, you kind of felt like you were giving up somewhere. But if you just went all balanced, like your team looked awesome. And I think that was the right play Sunday morning before the news. When we got the news and we had clear Shakir open up, I think he was what? 3,200 or 31. I can't remember. Okay. None of the above 33. (laughs) And you know, that allowed you to say, okay, like, can I change my construction and still feel really confident and get up to Josh Allen? And for me, the answer was yes. And obviously, in hindsight, we're seeing, you know, Tom Brady at his price is always going to be a good play for what he can do. But Tom Brady is never going to give you the Josh Allen games that we have because he just doesn't run the football. And that's the way things work. So people were kind of, I think, maybe not upset, but just like questioning, you know, everyone is saying, play Tom Brady. He's a great cash play. And he was, he paid off his salary. But we also need to think about when we can get access to ceiling, 
in our cash lineups. We should try to. And again, Tom Brady will never, ever, ever put up the fantasy points Josh Allen does at his best game because he just doesn't score that way. And obviously, that's baked into the price. So yeah, the the Shakir you know news and getting him as a play was huge for me personally. But outside of that, man, you can speak to it too. But like every single popular play was awesome, including the Dallas defense. And that's when you know it's one of those weeks where just like the chalk everywhere hits. And I messaged you on Sunday morning. I was like, dude, this feels like one of those slates where the chalk is just so strong that it's probably going to be really tough for contrarian GPP players. And we saw that come to fruition. I think that is one of my teaching points is getting a feel for the slate really matters. I've noticed that for me, if I have a really good week in cash, I probably don't have a great week in GPPs because I'm more of a contrarian player. Like that's just how I play in GPPs. Because of that, if that doesn't hit, then I'm getting a mountain of roster percentages just use it against me. So, you know, like in GPPs, like I didn't play a ton of Cowboys because we knew they were going to be chalk defense. Like if you didn't have the Cowboys, you were done on that spot. You were done, you know, if you didn't play Jeff Wilson, if you didn't play Leonard Fournette. Like there's so many lineups like that that were just chalky and people felt it. So getting a feel for the slate really matters, but I had so many people message me mad. I don't know if they were confused, if they were just done with DFS. They said, I scored 160 points in my cash lineup. Why did I not win? I had Tom Brady. I had, you know, they, they I looked at my lineup. They saw my cash review article. Like, I had six of the players you had in your lineup. And we have to realize there are other people you are playing. So if you had Tom Brady in your lineup and you ran up against Josh Allen lineups, there's a 17-point difference there. Like, that is a massive and then also those lineups probably had Khalil Shakir in them as well. So there's just a lot of difference in those. If you didn't have Tyler Lockett, I feel like that was a really easy cash play that we talked up and he just went bonkers. He's way too cheap. Have you seen his price this week? Yep, didn't change. Not a single dollar. I have, last week. I have no idea what they are doing with Tyler Lockett. I think he's the wide receiver 27 in pricing on, on DraftKings. <laughs> he's had like four straight like 15 plus point DK point game. So he's going to be chalk once again. Easy joke, but I just want to tell people that every week is different. So 160 points last week is not the same as 160 points this week. I would say if you got 160 points this week because we're on by, you're having a really good cash week. It's just, I think you and I can, I would set the line, I'm making this up off the top of my head, at 120, 125 this week. I don't think you're going to get the same explosion that you saw last week with the buys. There are some chalky plays we'll talk about as well, but we have to think about other players and who we're playing against in, in in DFS. Like, if you these other people have these lineups. So you and I had Leonard Fournette instead of Tom Brady. And the reason why we would have Leonard Fournette is we wanted access to those points. But also, if Brady failed, we have some leverage with the player on the same team. And that's kind of the thinking you have to have even in cash. I think that really matters. But any other thoughts on this past week? Because, man, I feel like a lot of people were not happy. Yeah, and too, thinking back to the Tom Brady thing, like Tom Brady still was a good play. You know, he just wasn't as elite as you could have gotten with Josh Allen. And what comes down to me for Tom Brady versus Josh Allen, not only is just the upside, but, you know, we know the Bucks, their offense projected to roll. We, uh, we put it in like the DFS best play. That was like, we both think the Bucks roll, get exposure to them however you think is best, whether it's Tom Brady stacks or just Leonard Fournette or Godwin and Fournette, because you can get access to a lot of Brady's points through those players. Leonard Fournette had like 11 targets in this game, and those plays only became stronger from a projection standpoint. Once we got news again, no Julio going to play, 
Russell Gage was downgraded on a Saturday to questionable with a back injury. So it just made it so, so much more clear that you could probably get access to 70%, 75% of Brady's projected output, maybe. I mean, that sounds like a rough estimate, by just playing Fournette and Godwin. And so that's kind of why I landed there. There's just nuanced decisions that, you know, it's tough because some of that information comes out after the weekend, right? Saturday, Sunday morning. And we're all trying to scramble to kind of get the best lineups in there. But make sure those are all thought processes that you have as a listener. And if you're trying to really get the best edge you can in cash, think about all of those kind of points, whether it comes to upside, um, access to points, projections, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, Brady almost 4x, which you would have been super happy with. So from a points per dollar perspective, you could say Tom Brady was a good play. But would he give you the ceiling? I think that's what you said over and over and over again. If you want to kind of get the thought process behind cash and the way to construct your lineup, every single week we put up a cash lineup review article. So that's live on the site. That's free. And the last thing I want to say is we also post our roster percentage report on Friday and it gets updated throughout the weekend. Our roster percentage report in the DFS pass is for tournaments, large field tournaments projecting. You can't really project cash. I mean, you you really could go through the process, but you would need to know what type of tournament to play in. You need to know the size, the money amount, because the percentages changes. Like if you and I are playing in a $100 double up, those are going to condense even more than the $5 massive field where you're getting people. I mean, you had somebody in a head-to-head that God bless this person, but they were coming at you in cash with Andy Dalton and AJ Green, right? God bless this person. Yes, I like this is people that always say like, don't play cash anymore. There's no edge. I just will send them this lineup of someone showed up with this. I don't understand. You know, you could talk yourself, I guess, into Andy, Andy Dalton being so cheap. Who the heck is playing AJ Green in cash? The dude doesn't have a pulse in four years. So yeah, there's still an edge for sure. And that's why we say, you know, post your head-to-heads and the smaller stake stuff, people are going to make mistakes. And that's my goal with cash is I'm just trying to show up with a decent roster, let other people make the mistakes, and you will see that in those large field uh, double-ups. All right, let's talk about week six. State of the main slate. Each week, we will be referring to the DraftKings Sportsbook lines. It's where Bets and I play. You go to sportsbook.draftkings.com. And I am sadly going to check in with a wager that is uh, its not football-related. It is baseball-related. Oh, go ahead, buddy. Talk about it. Okay, so just to be clear with bets and the world, I have loved the Braves my entire life. Born in Atlanta, 90s Braves kid, 90s Atlanta kid. I Big love Chipper baseball. Guy. Uh, I was more of like a Maddox Glavin Smoltz guy. Chipper was okay, fine. all right. Um, yeah, all right. Jeff Blauser, you know, Sid Bream. Andrew this, Jones. Yeah, Andrew Jones would have been later. Like, I was an early 90s. Like, that was my favorite team, 95, when we won the World Series. But I took Braves' money line today, and it's not looking so good because Betts' Phillies are taking on my Braves, and you guys are up 6-1, to one, and I can't stand Nick Castellanos. He is just destroying us today. Um, yeah, and we do have a little little friendly wager on this, by the way, listeners. I, th- so the series price for Kyle's Braves who are supposed to be this amazing team. I they mean, are amazing. Watch the game yourself. Minus 200. So I said, all right, if they win the series, I'll buy you a new Braves hat. You can pick whichever one you want. But if the Phillies win the series, which they're not likely to do because of the odds, I said, I get a hat and a t-shirt. So once you listen to this podcast, you'll know what happened in game one. But as of now, and I'm scared to even say this because I think this is going to have to bite me at the bottom of the ninth, the Phillies are winning. So 
if you're on the, the good guy's side here, it's off to a good start. The Phillies are a joke. I, 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 what a terrible franchise. What a, you can have the Eagles. I'm fine with that. But dude, you get the Falcons and they're five and zero against the spread. Yeah, I need to. I need best to be in, betting best in football. I need to be betting them more and more. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, what's one wager that uh, has gone pretty well for you, but not so great for Las Vegas? Yeah, I keep bringing it up. It's just this Raiders under. Like they've had, they've played decent football, I think, at times, but they've just had a, a bad run out in recent weeks, especially last night's game. You know, obviously they could have tied it. They chose to go for two, which I like the aggressiveness against Mahomes, but it didn't work out. And so, yeah, now they enter their bye week um, one and four. And we have Devonta Adams potentially suspension looming slash fine with shoving the cameraman. Um, Darren Waller has the hamstring issue. So the Raiders, I think, can turn it around for fantasy for us. But from an, a win total perspective, um, under eight and a half looks very, very solid. You and I were just a year too early on this, right? Remember last oh, year? Of course. Last year, they were pretty fortunate when they ended 10 and seven. They snuck in the playoffs and we loved their under all year. They just had to add Devontae Adams in order to go under. Yeah, of course, because that's how football works. It's exactly how football works. Week six is a different slate. Like I mentioned, every week is a different own sphere. It's its own multiverse of here's what could happen. We only have 11 games on this slate. It's the smallest we've had so far. We have four teams on by. Before we get into the totals, does that, how does that change people? Because it's been a while since we've had bye weeks for DFS. Yeah, this is a new animal. Each week we're going to have teams on by and it's going to affect how the slate looks. And the reality is, you know, just as the slate gets bigger, whether it's 12, 13 games, you know, not rocket science, you're going to have access to more teams, more players. And so it's easier to find the quote unquote best players or the value plays. And on these smaller slates, you're going to have less of those options clearly. And so what we tend to see is the chalk will condense even more around the quote-unquote best plays or the cash plays for the week. So I'm very interested to see how it shakes out, especially because on this slate in particular, there's two games that you know we kind of, I think, are most excited about, which we can talk about real quick, the games that are 50-plus. It's Buffalo and KC, which is going to be just the Chalk City, and then Arizona and Seattle. And the rest of the games are down at like 45 and below. So it's almost like you have Tier 1 of the Bills, Tier 2 of the Cardinals, and then just the rest of the games down below. So I'm super interested to see our roster percentage report and see how that shakes out. Yes, I'll put out my pace of play article on Wednesday, and I, I have to run the numbers, but Buffalo KC is going to rate at least a four four point five out of five. Uh, it's really hard to give a five. I wish the total was a little higher. I know it's fifty four; it just got bet up. But uh, both of those games, Buffalo Kansas City, Arizona Seattle, are head and shoulders above the rest. I'm going to do some research this week because on bye weeks, the best plays condense, but the games also condense. Like. When you build a lineup this week for cash, I showed you, you know, my first reaction. I built the lineup really quickly, and your first reaction was, "Do you need more Buffalo and Kansas City players?" Is that going to be the feeling this week when you're building for GPPs? Like, if you don't have multiple players from that game, are you just doing it wrong? I mean, not thinking about game theory, everything on paper, which I wrote up in the Vegas report, is just like this game, and you know, look no further than the playoffs last year. Looks awesome. I mean, both teams are up in pace. Pass rate over expectation. This is number one and number two in the league. They clearly have the best quarterback play, like EPA per play. Everything on paper says this game should go crazy. You know, it probably does eight out of 10 times, but in the two times it doesn't, you know, are you getting awesome leverage on the field? And without even looking at a roster percentage report for a fact, I think that is going to be yes this week. So I'm not sure how I'm going to handle that game, whether I go heavy into it, but just get contrarian with, you know, the wide receiver twos and threes or, or whatever it is. Um, but 
on paper, it, it looks it looks awesome. Yeah, top five for team implied totals: Bills, Cardinals, Packers, Buccaneers, and Rams all over twenty five. And then uh, right there are the Chiefs at twenty five and a half. So this week, we know what the popular games are. Like no one has to to question this. I want to quickly talk about Arizona Seattle because Seattle's a team that we now love for DFS. I don't think that was a sentence you and I would have said at the beginning of the year that Gino you even Sm- stumbled your stumbled your words trying to say it right now. <laughs> I I mean I'm looking at Geno Smith and <laughs> I'm going to be playing him in a home league this next week. Like I there we're going to be talking about this team every single week. We know that Tyler Lockett's probably locked in our cash lineup already. So is there a a way that that game just goes to 70 plus points and Buffalo KC is just kind of meh. I mean, it's definitely possible. I don't think it's very likely, but I do think there's a lot to be excited about in this game with the Cardinals and the Seahawks. And I put in my article on the site, like if you haven't already rethought what you think about the Seahawks offense by now, now is the time. Because if you're still saying they can't do it, you know, it's Pete Carroll and it's Geno Smith. You're getting stuck holding the bag every week. And Geno Smith, very quietly, fifth in EPA per dropback. What is happening? And, uh, you know, on the Arizona side, we clearly think that they can still get it going at some point. They've been a team that needs to be pushed. And when they do, they're going to run a ton of plays. No team has run more plays in the NFL than the Cardinals. And so it's super, super clean because on Seattle side, you know, it's going to be, I mean, we'll talk about Ken Walker in a minute, but Ken Walker, because Rashad Penny is out. And then in the passing game, it's Lockett and Metcalf and almost no one else. And then on the Arizona side, Marquise Brown is seeing so many targets. So it's so, so clear, I think, how you play the game. But if everyone's playing Buffalo KC, I have a lot of interest in that. All right, before we go any further, let's take a quick break. We're back. The Braves score and the Philly score is still the same, but, uh, you know, We'll see. We'll see how we go. It's only the fourth. It feels like this game has lasted forever, by the way. And, and I'm still so nervous that they're going to lose, but we'll see what happens. What is the sneakiest game on this week six slate? And I will say last week, here's where the game that Jason and I mentioned. Seattle and New Orleans was the one that I really liked a lot. Jason really liked the Chargers and the Browns, which was a great game as well. So let's hear this week. Yeah, for me, this is all about mini stacks. I don't think I'm going to go full in game stacking, but you know, pick one player from each side and I think it could be really interesting. It's Minnesota at the Dolphins. And the Dolphins, if you want to know what their defense is, they just give up 40 points to Zach Wilson and the Jets. And that's not just a one week sample. We've had several weeks of them giving up huge huge plays to the opposition. So Minnesota, you know, we love Justin Jefferson. We love Dalvin Cook. We love what they can do from an upside perspective. So I think what's really interesting is if you pick one of those two guys, stack them up with one of the wide receivers on the other side. Hopefully we get Tyreek Hill healthy, but if not Jalen Waddle with so much volume, you know, mini stack with Justin Jefferson or mini stacked with Dalvin cook sounds really interesting this week, because again, it's kind of in that middle forties range. I don't think people are really going to go there. I'm not going to play Kirk Cousins sacks. I don't think, but uh, like I said, a mini sounds really, really uh, exciting for, for week six, maybe like a Skylar Thompson stack or something, you know? Oh, Hey now. What is his price? Have you looked? No, I haven't looked. It's not happening. I'm not going to play him. <laughs> Don't play him. <laughs> he does have some mobil- mobility. So I was, oh, I was kinda... playing him in the preseason, dude. He was I, great. He's fun. He's a fun player. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw out the same exact idea. I'm not going to game stack this one. Probably not. It's the Jets 
at Green Bay. Jets just put up 40 points on those Dolphins, and Green Bay decided they didn't want to play in the second half in London. They just kind of mailed it in, which was shocking. So I like this game. I love the running backs. I think that's what I'm mostly interested in, but I think you can get different. If you wanted to do Aaron Jones and instead of Brees Hall, you pick like a Garrett Wilson. I think that's there. Zach Wilson, two games, 2-0. and it's looking pretty good for the Jets. I'm, I'm kind of proud of them for getting together, and I'm really proud of Brees for giving us another running back uh, super viable. What game do you want to be underweight on this week? You're saying, I don't want any part of it. I threw out last week. I felt really proud of this. Detroit and New England, mostly because I've been trying to find a week where Detroit just stinks and they were terrible. So uh, Amon Ron needs to get it together. <laughs> Hold it against the guy. His poor ankle. And you, and you come in here to take shots at him. I will not allow this. Um, but all the, also, that was clear as day, right? Jared Goff going on the yes. road against Bill yes. Belichick. Like, it was, the shoe was going to drop eventually. Um, this week, I am not super excited about the Bengals and the Saints. And it's primarily because on the Saints side, I just don't know how they're going to push Cincy. When you look at their current depth chart, Michael Thomas hasn't played in two weeks. Chris Olave is in the concussion protocol. Jarvis Landry missed with an ankle issue. Deontay Hardy, their wide receiver four, is out with turf toe. So it's going to be, I think, another Taysom game, which is kind of annoying because we can't really play him, especially on DraftKings. And, you know, it just zaps the upside from this game. Meanwhile, on Cincy's side, T. Higgins is hurt with his ankle issue. Teams are kind of figuring the Bengals' offense out, it seems, in, in you know the last month or so. They just aren't getting big plays off. And that's where Joe Burrow won all last year. So if that's not happening, and on New Orleans' side they have no playmakers. I just, I can't see it turning into a huge shootout. That game screams ugly. Just an yeah. ugly 2017, something like that. Yeah. I, I do think that we're getting to the point where Jamar chase is interesting in a GPP. If nobody's going to play him, you can build some, some lineups where he's interesting, but yeah, that, that game doesn't look very good. Those teams are slow. Like they just play slow. Yep. It's not exciting. I'm going to say Carolina and Los Angeles Rams, both offenses are bad. Like the Rams offense is bad. Cooper Cup is good, but everything else on that offense has been pretty bad. Carolina ranks 30th in plays per game. And I made a really, really intense note here, just really mathematical, lots of thoughts. <laughs> Carolina's diaper gravy. Like they are bad. <laughs> I just saw that <laughs> right before you said it. Is it going to be PJ Dude, Walker? It, it definitely is. Yeah, Baker's out and Darnold's not ready. So it's going to be Walker. I think the team already said that he's going to start. So. Yeah, it looks looks a little bit rough. Yeah, I just don't want any part of it. I don't even want to chase that. Like, like, oh, maybe I can find lightning in a bottle with DJ Moore. Or, you know, it's just like you play Cup or you play McCaffrey, and that's fine. I mean, you could play Higby. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Which team are you most confident hits the over of their team implied total? I'm going to take the team currently being quarterbacked by the quarterback that ranks number four, in EPA per play over the last two weeks. You might think it's the Chiefs. You might think it's the Bills. It is the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo quietly playing awesome, which makes me very sad for our Trey Lance exposure. But San Francisco, 24 and a half points against the Falcons. This is a hashtag revenge game for Kyle Shanahan. And I think the Niners are going to be able to run all over them, which you know the Falcons have just given up on the ground left and right. So that's what San Francisco wants to do. They should have success. I will take over 24 and a half points. The Falcons are going to get annihilated in the trenches. Like, yep. just destroyed by their defensive front. Their offensive line is great. They're going to get to do whatever they want, even on the road. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan revenge game. Tevin Coleman revenge game. Oh, hey now. 
Tevin. He it's cool that he he got back in what two touchdowns last week. I think so. Yeah. So I I mean who knows maybe he's gonna be annoying but yeah that's that's a great call. I like Arizona. Arizona on the road against Seattle, a defense that we've been picking on nonstop. Arizona is notoriously a better road team, weirdly enough. And we're going to be talking about Kyler in a second. I think he's mispriced. For that game environment that we like, relative to the other quarterbacks, I think you can stack Kyler this week in some interesting ways. Which team are you most confident hits the under of their team implied total? I'm going to give the most basic analysis of all time. If a team shows us that they can't do it, I will just bet against them until they do it. Last year, it was the Jaguars. This year, it's the Colts. They still have not hit their team implied total, and it's up at 22.5 points, so they have to score three touchdowns. Have you seen them play offense? Give me the under. I know the Falcons are 5-0 and against the spread. I know that what you're trying to bait me into betting them and saying at plus 5.5, the Falcons are going to do that at home. I will take the 49ers right now, minus 5.5, and, and I will say that the Falcons do not hit their team implied total of 19 points. I think it's fair. I think it's honest, and this is a team that's not built. Well, especially Drake London also dealing with a little bit of a knee issue. Pitts was out last week with a hamstring. If he's not back, like, Olamide Zacchaeus time or what? Dude, if you got to lead the team in a routes run, you need the wee little man, Olamide Zacchaeus, to do that for <laughs> the team. Because the depth chart's just great. It's just a great-looking depth chart that... Uh, yeah, we talked last week. I don't know if you heard that bit where Mike and I were talking about our franchises and like where would you mm-hmm. rather be, a Cardinals fan or a Falcons fan for the future? And he said the Falcons. Wow, that's good. I know. I, I thought it was, I mean, I was feeling pretty good about you know where we're standing. But let's talk about this week and our salary standouts. Salary standouts. Get out your pen and paper. These are the players that we would say to put in your in your pool for cash. Maybe give a couple of interesting ones uh, for GPPs, but this does not end the conversation. I have so many people that said, I played this person. You told me on Tuesday. Things change, and that's one of the great parts about DFS is that it's an ever-evolving conversation. We talked about Khalil Shakir last week on Tuesday. Then it looked like Isaiah McKenzie was going to come back, and then I think with a lot of the new concussion protocol stuff, what happened with Tua, it seemed like they wanted to hold him out and so then Khalil Shakir came back into the fold. So that's kind of what you need to do. Is kind of There's an ebb and flow. If I have Shakir in my lineup, here's what I can do. And last week, it allowed us to get up Tom Brady. What did you finish at, 188 in cash? Yeah, 188, yep. It's cool. That's, good. That's, that's, that's a good score. Can't wait for 90 points this week. Should be fun. I know. I looked last, last year when I hit 100% in head-to-heads, which I had a bonkers week. The following week, I was at like 28%. So that's all right. So scoop up Kyle's head to heads and you're guaranteed to make money this week. If you want to find me in the lobby, you can, you could do it. Who are the quarterback plays this week? And do you have a certain lean between Josh Allen at 8.2 and Patrick Mahomes at 8k on DraftKings? I mean, we've been trying to jam Allen in for three, four, five weeks in a row now. And he's kind of always been at this 8.2 ish number. I don't see any reason why you would change right now, especially in this game environment, which projects to be, bonkers they have the highest implied total on the entire slate so it makes sense if you can make it work this week josh allen is clearly the best play on the slate volume like you get you get tom brady type volume and then you're adding in somebody who's gonna see eight plus rushes like what would you say if i set the line for his touchdowns total touchdowns at two and a half you take the over oh absolutely because he accounts for almost all of them 
even if it's you know him running or throwing. So yeah, over. Yeah, you get the three point bonus. So what would be the case for Mahomes? Is that going to be one of those things where if Allen is showing up more you know popular, then you're playing Mahomes and GPPs and staying with Allen and Cash? I mean, I think it, that's definitely a viable route. I'm not saying you can't get through that, but I don't think the quarterback matters as much when you're looking at um, slate context and you're looking at roster percentage because even if, let's say last week, if you played Allen and GPPs, it clearly was awesome and it clearly worked out. And, you know, he was still popular, but you could get different. You could get Gabe Davis. You could play Khalil Shakir, who I think was only like 10% in GPPs, which shows you that there's still an edge in grinding the late news um, in the large field stuff. So, you know, I'm not saying you can't play Allen in either format or Mahomes in either format. You could play both, but just, I think, be mindful of how you're doing it because this game is going to be popular. So you can't probably play, you know, Allen and Diggs and whoever the chalky piece is on, on KC. You have to get different, I think, in tournaments and still do it. If you wanted to play, you know, Allen and Diggs, but get different with like MVS or something, like that's viable paths to get there. So I think it's a great play and, you know, I'll have exposure to both guys. This week, we don't have Jalen Hurts, but I think we would both say that Lamar Jackson's always in play for us. He's probably in a little bit lower tier just because of the game environment on the road against the Giants. I, I still will play him on FanDuel, where I think he's a fine play. But Kyler's a little bit lower. He's almost $1,000 cheaper than Josh Allen. And I feel like his ceiling is is close. I mean, it's not Josh Allen. He's more than anyone else, passing volume-wise, everything else. But Kyler at 7.3, I think is interesting in GPPs. You have any thoughts on him? Yeah. I mean, playing the Seahawks, they give up a ton of big plays. You know, we've seen him be pushed in the second half, and that's really what Kyler needs because Cliff won't get out of the way. But if they are pushed in the second half and Gino and company can come out and put up points, I think it makes sense. So I'm not going to play Kyler unless I'm playing a Seahawk on the other side because that's the scenario you need. But yeah, Kyler, we just haven't seen that huge game yet, and we know it's in his bag. In the cheap route, if you wanted to go Gino at 5.7, what do you need out of him? Like in a tournament, you need Gino to score, I don't know, at least 25 to 30 points. Yeah, you need you need 300 and probably three passing touchdowns, which he can do. We've actually seen it. Um, and you also probably need Allen and Mahomes to fail relative to their price. So he's not a cash play. I think you just try to get up to Josh Allen personally. But in a tournament on a slate where it's really tough as far as high upside games like we said there's only two that are over 50 and this is one of them i think Gino stacks are viable in in large field tournaments for sure so those four quarterbacks that we discussed alan mahomes kyler and Gino, they're all in that afternoon slate so i think what will be an interesting story is to see how the field responds in the early slate if they're trying to get cute with other plays because there's not really i mean those are the top four guys that you and i talked about there's not really a ton of other quarterbacks that i think people will use in cash so you need to realize that there's going to be a ton of roster percentages in the afternoon slate. A ton. So don't try to get too cute knowing what's coming ahead. At running back, I think you and I are in agreement the most popular running back this week will be Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, baby. This is why we were drafting him everywhere in best ball for weeks like this. 6K, Cleveland. We just saw what Austin Eckler and company did to them. The week before, it was the Falcons. Like They're giving it up on the ground left and right, and he's going to get 20-plus touches at 6K. It's a no-brainer lock in your cash lineup. Cleveland defense ranks 30th against fantasy running backs, dead last in rush DVOA. I messaged Andy this morning because I try to, you know, I try to even it out between the three of them, and I just said, "This is your friendly nudge 
to make Ramondre Stevenson your start of the week before anyone else gets in the dock. <laughs> and he did. He go. went in there, made Ramondre Stevenson, you know, his guy. He saw 89% of the snaps. That was the highest of all running backs last week. I can't imagine somebody building a lineup without him. And I know he's going to be chalk, but what would you say in double ups, like 60%? I mean, he's going to be the Leonard Fournette play up last week, and he was pushing in some contests like 70%. So, you know, you just play it. I think I don't think you think twice about it. It's a different conversation on FanDuel where he's like $1,500 more. But at 6K, that is way too cheap for Ramondre. Saquon's the expensive one I like this week. His workload is just insane. And he's priced as the RB5. So you're getting basically, I would say, fantasy's best running back, other than maybe Nick Chubb, at a really good price at home against Baltimore. I mean, the Giants are 4-1, and one, so is Saquon at the top of your list this week? I mean, for his role, absolutely. You look at the pass-catching upside as well. I mean, the Giants, will see. I feel like we say it literally every week. We'll see about Kadarius Tony. We'll see about Mondale Robinson. But no question, he's the focal point, and he's going to get not only the rushing attempts, but the volume in the passing game as well. So, yeah, at 7.7, it feels cheap because we were jamming him in at like 8.1 just two weeks ago. So, yes, I will be playing some Saquon Barkley for sure. Dalvin Cook at 7.5. It was nice to see him to get in the end zone twice last week because I think you and I were waiting for that kind of game. So, I think he's a fine play. It is on the road. But I think most bills this week are going to be Ramondre, one stud. And if you're going to flex one, it's either going to be Brees Hall at 5.8 or Ken Walker at 5.4. So do you have a lean on those two? It's tough because I think we all are so excited, and this is what happens in DFS. You get so excited about the backup running back coming in at a cheap price, and he's probably going to project pretty well. But my thing is, like, I think I want to play Tyler Lockett, so I'm not sure how I'll handle those two. And if I want Lockett... I might just see if I can get off of Ken Walker because it's tough to see both guys, I think, hitting a ceiling in in you know the same lineup together. If you want a game stack and you play Kyler, let's say you play Kyler in Hollywood, and then you have Ken Walker and Tyler Lockett. I'm totally fine with that in a GPP, but I'm with you. I'm probably going to lean into Tyler Lockett just because his price is just stupid. I love Brees. I love Brees this week. It's clear that they want him to be the guy. You're getting big plays too. Like, big explosive plays, that's what you want. It's on the road against Green Bay, who's been a run funnel, and I just love that spot for him. So, you can go there, and then on Fanduel, I want to give two other names. Eno Benjamin at 6.3 in that game that we like. Do we have an update about James Conner? It's a ribs injury, right? Yeah, it's his ribs. Not sure yet what's going to happen there, because they didn't say if it was a cartilage issue, like a rib cartilage issue, which, you know, Justin Herbert dealt with, or if it's just like a bruised rib situation. So I think he's truly 50-50. He's also banged up earlier in the year with like knee and ankle issues. So it's kind of been a rough start for James Conner. And also on DraftKings too, Eno is 4.6. That would be insanely appetizing if he was the only guy, because Daryl Williams, our boy D. Willie, also left with a knee injury. So monitor that situation. Yeah, I think Eno, he looked really good. Like in that fourth quarter of that game, he looked like spry. They used him in the passing game. He scored a touchdown. So Eno's a name to monitor. Devin Singletary on FanDuel, I think, is an interesting contrarian play at 5.7. It's pretty low. He did it, what, two weeks ago where that, that game failed, but he was the key piece two or three weeks ago. That's what you need from him. Um, I can't tell someone he's a great play for cash. I can say that I think he would get you different. And he would also, like, he projected so well on FanDuel last week at 6.1, so he's going to project extremely well again. 
And shout out to um, Dwayne McFarland, who does a lot of utilization stuff, looking at like when players are playing and what scenarios. He put this out on his Twitter saying, like, Devin Singletary's biggest games and his biggest snap counts are coming when games are with 1-1 score. So if they get up huge, they're not giving the ball to Devin Singletary 20 times. He's in there when games are close. And so you think about this game, KC Buffalo, it should be pretty close. I think we could see a lot of work for Devin Singletary in this spot. Last week, we loved the wide receivers in that middle range. I mean, we, we jammed Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Chris Olave. They, those were the main plays in cash last week. And it's like we can go right back to them this week. Their prices didn't change very much. Chris Godwin went up $200. He'll be on the road, but he plays. He faces a Steelers team that's giving up the most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. People will play Chris Godwin this week when they see that green 32. And Tyler Lockett, we mentioned, 56 I mean, what does this guy have to do to get in the 6K range? I'm so surprised they didn't move his price because they've gotten better over the years and they're pretty sharp with adjusting price when guys have a huge game. Dude just went for 30 DraftKings points and they didn't change him at all. So I'm going to go right back to him, I think, this week. Yeah, on FanDuel, it's a different conversation. But at 5.6, I I can't imagine not playing him. Among the expensive options this week, Cup, Jefferson, Diggs, are you leaning any direction? I mean, I'm leaning into Diggs in this spot just for game environment, how much volume he's seeing. We're seeing like alpha Diggs status like we saw two years ago. And, you know, this is part of the reason we took the over on Devontae's receiving yards last night was just wide receiver ones are crushing the Chiefs. Next up in line is Steph Diggs. So I will probably be playing him if I can get the salary to get that stack, which is it's very expensive. But if I can do it in cash, I'll be going Allen and Diggs. Do you remember what he did last year against the Chiefs in the playoffs? Just want to bring this up. Uh, probably nothing because Gabe Davis went for over 200 <laughs> yards and four touchdowns. Six targets, three receptions, seven yards. Terrible. You should probably play him though. That's 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 <laughs> Devon Dix. He's just he's too good. Other people in that middle range. I need to bring up Jacoby Myers because his price is pretty low at 5.3. He's seeing a over a 30 percent target share. But if I'm playing Stevenson. I'm probably not playing Jacoby, but he's just always a safe cash play on PPR sites. Rondale Moore at 4.1. Can we play him this week? Saw eight targets last week. He was used downfield, which was a really good sign. And we get one more week before DeAndre Hopkins comes back. I don't know if it's just like my personal bias or what, but I just can't get myself excited about it. I put him in the DFS pass early in the week and said, Use him as a placeholder for a cheap wide receiver for now, and we'll see what happens. And obviously, we saw Khalil Shakir, but like he just feels like the ceiling's like five for sixty, doesn't it? I mean, and I guess at that price, that's fine. But I don't know. I, I just with Cliff and how they've historically used him, maybe it's just me that I can't get out of my head. But it, I find the there's not as much excitement. I'll say that about Rondale for me personally. But at that price, I get it. I was driving this morning, and I was thinking about Rondale. And oh, were you? Yeah, I really was. And I think what bothers me beyond just the poor utilization, you know, just the short yardage stuff, is his name is Ron Dale. It's two names that I'm not huge, <laughs> like not really into. Two first names. I mean, I don't know many people named Ron. I mean, Ron Swanson's a G. And Dale, Obviously. I there's not many people out there like that I'm really into. Dale Murphy was a great Braves player. Uh, Chip and Dale. But two names together... <laughs> It's a little too much for me. So That's a red flag. You know, it's really scary. Adjust, adjust the ranks. It's like if you know people named like John Michael. I had a friend growing up named John Michael. It's like, pick one. What's your name, buddy? Oh, Arrested Development. So good. 
I need to bring up Debo again because I feel like this is a week where Debo goes ham against the Falcons. On FanDuel at 7.6, I think he's a great play. And then with everybody running to play Chris Godwin, on FanDuel, I will be playing Mike Evans as a, I think, a great play. I think I think he's a great play this week against the Steelers. So need to bring him up as another play. At tight end, we get Andrews and Kelsey back, so at least we get some. Last week was gross at tight end, by the way. Like That was just the worst. You and I, I played Goddard. You played Higby? Yeah, I mean, and I Goddard was awesome, and Higby was fine, you know, just whatever he was. But if you punted the position, you were fine, Kate Otten. I will be playing Andrews at 7K. That's pretty low. Uh, Higby's fine at 4.6. I, you, you wrote this about Zach Ertz. It's fine, but I hate it. <laughs> it's just so tough to, like, see Zach Ertz because you know that he's going to be safe for PPR. He's going to get you somewhere in the range of six to seven catches, probably. He's seeing so much volume. Like, the last three or four games, here we go, 10 targets, six targets, 10 targets, 11 targets. You know, but at 4.9, like, am I actually going to pay more for Zach Ertz than Tyler Higby? No, of course not. So I'm putting him on the list as, <laughs> as a name that you can go to, but there's just no upside with Zach Ertz. Can I give you a punt play this week? Just oh, early in the week. Please. I love it. Your boy, Zach Gentry. Who? Zach Gentry plays for the Steelers, and I'm assuming that the Muth is going to miss this week. Yeah, he's not getting loose this week, unfortunately. And what's that? I, I saw you talking about this. It's like his third concussion already. Yeah, so he's been in the NFL, obviously, for a year and a half, and this is his third concussion since he's been in the NFL. And basically, the idea is with subsequent concussions, in a small time frame. I know it seems like a lot because it's a whole year, but that's still a small time frame for your your brain. The recovery process gets longer every week. So I think from a season-long outlook, you know, even like waivers and stuff, I don't think Pat Fryermuth is going to play for the next one or two weeks at least. So Pat Fryermuth, your boy, you've always been a big fan, Penn State guy. His teammate, Zach Gentry, saw six targets last week, five receptions in relief. So it seems like he's a clear guy, but he did go to Michigan. Ooh, automatic no play for me then. Sorry. Big week coming they, up, Michigan and Penn State. Right, right. They play this week. So wanted to throw that out there, your boy, Zach Gentry. But at 2.6, uh, fandom aside, would you say that's a fine punt? Oh, I mean, he could literally give you a zero and you could be fine. So, yes, he's he's in play. No, I think he's in play, too, against the Buccaneers at home. I don't love defense this week. I tried to come in here and say this is the play last week. It was easy. I could say the Cowboys move on. It's not great. Not 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 great at all, Bob. So who do you like? Yeah, what's tough is that DraftKings didn't give us anyone below 2.4. So, you know, they're on to us. <laughs> we try to spend as little as possible. So the cheapest you can go is 2.4. And if you are doing that, I actually like Carolina. They've got some guys that can get after the passer. Brent Burns is great um, going up against, I'm sorry, not Brent Burns, Brian Burns. <laughs> Brent Burns plays for the, for, the, for the San Jose Sharks in the NHL. Brian Burns is an edge rusher for the Panthers Wait, going up you, against the Rams. And, you know, we like to pick on the Rams offensive line. Were you trying to give NHL DFS advice? Because I'm pretty sure I remember playing Brent Burns in DFS. <laughs> we did do that a couple times last year. And he was also a guy that I think we were hitting a shot prop. It was like one and a half every game. We just kept taking the over. So, yes, he's, uh, he's in play for NHL. But for NFL, let's go with the Carolina Panthers D. When NHL, like we get in the swing of NHL, let's try to give in our props channel on the discords because those people are awesome. Let's just give our favorite NHL prop of the day. Let's just let's just Love throw it. it out there. 
And that could be our thing on the side. My brother, shout out to my brother, uh, him and his friends used to do face-off props where they would just pick one team, the opening face-off, they would, they would wager on it, and that would be it. And they didn't care. They didn't even watch the rest of the game. They just watched the opening <laughs> face-off. The first, first five seconds, and they're like, all right, cool, we're done. I will throw out – I got to throw out the Bills. I know it's a bad game, but at 2.7, that's pretty cheap for what we would say is the best defense in the league. And then Miami is the same price at 2.7. I think that they're not bad this week. It's just there's nobody that presents us value or a great matchup this week. Unless you play the San Jose Sharks. They would be a great matchup this week. Um, we have a little bit of breaking news to the show, Kyle. Oh, Do we have gosh. the drop? Uh, let me see if I got it for you, you little turd. Breaking news. The Cardinals are working out running back Corey Clement. Possibly a signal that they could be without one of or both Darrell Williams. Or James Conner. You know Benjamin people. I was so scared because the Phillies are up 7-1 now. I thought you were just going to give a score update. <laughs> that would have been this is real news. so you're doing much your job. better. I'm trying to, man. You were doing your job while I'm watching this game cast just completely just out of my mind in the fifth inning. So you guys are on your second reliever. It'll be fine. If you want to play with us, you can go to BallersDFS.com or DraftKings League, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg Plus Bets. Got to throw out some fun tournaments this past week. For a while, I was sitting in first in the Monday Night Miracle contest with my Devontae Adams lineup, which felt pretty good for a while until Travis Kelsey decided he wanted to go for Quattro. But if you want to go in with us, go to Ballers DFS. You can enter the contest, and you will get a notification to play with us. It is a load of fun. Bets. We are friends, but yet we are enemies. Sign us off. Yes, for the next five days, Kyle, the next five games, we are not friends. Go Phillies. Let's bring this home. Um, Enjoy the week, everyone. We'll be back on Friday for another great show. Get in the DFS Pass because there's money to be won. On Thursday night, we have Justin Fields and Carson Wentz Showdown, baby. Let's go. We'll see you Friday. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.